Welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review. Did you know that there are over 17 podcasts for every man, woman and child on the earth? You probably didn't because I just made it up. But the fact is there are a lot of podcasts out there and you're listening to ours. So thanks for that. Join us here at Bad Dads as we dive back in time to when our collective offspring first reared their ugly heads to deprive us of the movies we would have watched as cinema fans, where we not knee deep in nappies, wipes and numerous, numerous changes of socks. This week's show sees you incarcerated with us for the next 90 minutes or so as we discuss the top five movie Prisoners, then the 2013 thriller Prisoners, and we finish up on the other side of the law with a review of Netflix's Inspector Gadget reboot. That just leaves us to introduce this week's inmates in Bad Dad Jail. First up, we have Sidey, imprisoned on multiple charges of Meryl Streep hate, with no chance of parole. And Dan, sentenced for his crimes against cinema, and more specifically the English language, to watch the movie Friday Night Lights on repeat for the rest of time. And then there's me, Reeks. I got done for breaking into people's homes and shaving their cats. So that's us, then. On with the show. Hello. Did you watch anything at all this week? Just homework. Okay. Dan? I watched uh, Papillon last night. It was a film I that... I saw that. It's a bit X-rated, your Instagram story. Apparently it is. I didn't know that you couldn't show boobs <laughs> on Instagram. Did you get banned? But I don't think so. I was still on there today. It was just like a, a grainy clip of hmm. the beginning of the, the film. Like and I was Moulin Rouge kind of yeah, cabaret boobs. That's right. 1930s Paris before hmm. Papillon had been... You know, accused of this crime, and it, it was it just wasn't a caterpillar. Bad. It, it, exactly, just a young kind of slug on the road. But he eventually goes to Devil's Island, and it's um, not Dustin Hoffman this time. It's the other guy who played Charlie uh, Hunnam. Yeah, it's Freddie Mercury out there on. Blake. Yeah, is it? Yeah, he's he plays Louis Dega, who's the forger that Papillon kind of works with and, and teams up with. And I heard it, it shit though. This remake. Well. I went into it thinking it can't stand up to the... I've read the book three or four times at least, and I've seen the movie that many times. A huge fan of Steve McQueen, huge fan of Dustin Hoffman. But this wasn't bad. It Maybe because I thought it would be shit and mm. my expectations were low. low. Well, Dan, but interestingly I, as well, the writer of that was Aaron Guzikowski, and he did the screenplay for the Papillon remake and he did the screenplay for tonight's movie Prisoners so that's a very fortunate turn of events there we go yeah well I watched a few things this week I started and finished Squid Game which was was a lot I mean everybody's talking about Squid Game yeah everyone's banging on about it it's that sort of ubiquitous Netflix series but um, really did enjoy it a lot I I haven't put a toe in yet I mean is it I do want to see it sounds like it's up my street is it is it good is it worth the hype oh yeah I mean, it's sort of echoes of Hunger Games, Battle Royale, that mm. kind of thing. It's super fucking violent, like unbelievably violent. It's great. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, I watched a couple of documentaries. I watched the Nirvana in the UK thing that's on the BBC iPlayer. It was quite interesting, actually. Mm. Did you um, see the baby from the cover of Nevermind is suing? He's suing for getting his dick out. Yeah. yeah. I think they've taken him off some future release They're going covers, to, yeah. yeah, but it... The irony of him standing there wearing a T-shirt with the thing on, holding a copy of the album sleeve to sort of fight his cause about... He's saying this thing ruined his life. Did it, though? Yeah. I think he's just being a bit of an opportunist. If you're listening, you're getting a one-star review from us, Nirvana (laughs) baby. Yeah. 
I'm sure there was some other stuff, but but then then the homework. Mm. We had a top five last week, which was trees. Yes, we had numerous entrances. Entrances? Is that <laughs> entries. Entries. <laughs> <laughs> numerous entries. I think the sheer volume and weight of nominations for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves yeah. is going to put that in. So thank you, everybody who nominated that, which was really a lot of you. I think Mel and a few others. Yeah, there was a legion of Robin Hood nominators. A mm. band of merry men. Mm. Mm. And women. And women. And and other anything and other, doesn't categorise yeah. thusly. This week's movie top five was your choice, Weeks. Yes. And it was? The top five movie prisoners. Mm. So... There was a lot of them. There was a lot. What inspired this? The film Prisoners. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That we're going to watch. Was that way round, yeah. Did you go, like, just an overview, have you gone for, like, jail, prison, or have you gone sort of more abstract? I think, I hope a bit of both. I don't know. That should be fun. I've mostly gone traditional jail, but I'm definitely, anybody who's got a movie where somebody is basically in a jail but they don't know it is also acceptable. Okay. Mm. Okay. okay. Mm. <laughs> Go for it then. Well, I'm going to start with the first one that I thought of, really. It's a collection of some of the greatest prisoners ever in the Simon West action movie, Con Air. It's a great movie. We gave us iconic lines like put the bunny oh, back in the box. Hate that. <laughs> it's the 1997 story of Nick Cage's Cameron Poe, who accidentally kills a man who tried to assault his wife. And he's then paroled and boarded onto a flight with a load of horrible bastards on it, including this incredible list. Uh, mass murderer, William Billy Bedlam Bedford, a serial rapist, John Johnny 23 backer, played by Danny Trejo. you got Garland, the Marietta Mangler Green, played by Steve Buscemi. You've got Ving Rames's Diamond Dog Jones. And of course, John Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich is Cyrus the Virus Grissom. I think probably the greatest collection of movie prisoners of all time. It's, it's worthy of a midweek mention, isn't it? Mm. One point. It's way too fucking long, though, that movie. It goes on forever and ever and ever. Well, I'll keep it short. And in the name of the father is the the opening gambit for me because it was a film I remember watching young, you know, sort of 18, 19 and being really angry. Yeah, then, was it? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the the story of the, the Guildford Four and the Maguire Seven wrongly accused of bombings the IRA. Um, no, they didn't. They got off. They did 20 None years of those number, like... The Birmingham Six didn't do it either, did they? And the, probably the it. fucking Hateful Eight didn't do it. No, the... no. But Daniel Day-Lewis did do it. He won all kinds of awards for this. And his... Who's the... Pete Postlethwaite, is it? Yeah. That's mm. in it as well. Plays his father. And it just... If you haven't seen it, it's the story of them going to prison, falsely accused and being prisoner in in jail in in the UK for close on 20 years. Mm. And it's infuriating just how wrong they got it and Mm. how how they just corruption in the the prison system and the the justice system let them all down. Yeah, it was an outrage. The police fitted them up. Oh, it's horrible. Really, really horrible. But Daniel Day-Lewis in this was, it was kind of my introduction to him being just wow, this guy's out there on his own when it comes to acting. And he did actually get himself falsely accused. He did. He went incarcerated for 40 years, didn't he? Toy Story 3 is pretty much a prison movie. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. They are 
imprisoned in the rough room in the nursery, but they are also physically captured and imprisoned in upside down toy baskets mm. within the movie. So it's both abstract and literal imprisonment. I love that. Yeah. 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 Got any others in that similar sort of vein where you've gone a bit um, out there? Maybe. Maybe. Are you teasing us? Well, okay, I've I didn't make any notes on this one, but the Matrix. Everyone is essentially imprisoned in a little oh, cocoon. Yeah, that's good thinking. So what do you reckon in the new Matrix, Morpheus is a bad guy, right? That's what we can deduce from the trailer, I would think. What? And that's what well, is young Morpheus. That, yeah. I reckon he's going to be an agent. Larry's That's my it. pick. I've from, watched that trailer now about two trillion times. <laughs> I think he's going to be an agent. You heard it here first. The Paddington movies are a real yet. recent gem in my eyes. They've managed to charm me, at least, if not my kids particularly. They've got an old-fashioned approach to storytelling, but with an utterly modern and contemporary story too, where you've got like old-fashioned English puns, but interesting immigration stories buried subtly in there. In Paddington 2... Our friend from Deepest... you seen this one, Dan? Yeah. yeah. It, friend from Deepest Darkest Peru, who's now a fixture in the vibrant and colourful London community from the first movie. But his dear Aunt Lucy's back in Peru and she's about to turn 100. And he wants to get her the perfect gift, which he finds in this dazzling sequence where he finds this pop-up book in an old Victorian shop. So he works hard with much comic hilarity ensuing to buy the book but then in steps Hugh Grant as the incredibly named Phoenix Buchanan and he's brilliant as the flamboyant villain who ends up framing Paddington for nicking the book and he ends up in prison and obviously it's one of those where you know where the story's going to go you know he falls in with a gang of tough guys led by the prison cook Knuckles McGinty played by Brendan Gleeson and uh, yeah, there's a whole sort of elaborate jailbreak type they, don't thing. Don't they make the best ever food is something with the chef? He's, well, he's he makes him marmalade. That's right. Marmalade. That's it. And he What's ma- the it makes him civilised. Do you know the difference between jam and marmalade? Is it the bits? Orange? No, it can't be the bits. Hang on. Peel? No, because you can have smooth marmalade. Yeah, but having specifically the pith or the, not the, 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 out, the rind. You can't marmalade your cock up your mum's ass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Paddington too. <laughs> okay, right. The the Count of Mist, the Count, the Cunt, the the Count of Monte Cristo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Have you seen this movie? Yes, a long time ago. Yeah, really. Again, it was just one of those pleasant surprises that you think it's not going to be that great. Watched it. Guy Pierce, fantastic in it. The story. Oh no. Obviously, I'm thinking of the original. Oh, not seen the one with Guy Pearce? No. Right, brilliant. Henry, young Henry Cavill in it as well. Oh, directed right. by um, Kev Reynolds, did Waterworld, Robin Hood, and did, you know, always with Costner doing stuff. But Kev in this... Reynolds? <laughs> Kev. Kev. Just not Kev. Kev. Good mate of Dan. The K-Man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Special K. Yeah, it's it's really good. Was it Dumaris, the, the writer? Alec Dumaris. Dum, Dumaris. Alexandre Dum. Because in uh, Shawshank Redemption, he calls it dumbass, doesn't he? Dumbass, yeah, well, that that. could be a nice segue. I was going to veto the Shawshank Redemption. It's just like the most obvious thing in the world. Well, we could talk about it, but not put it in. Andy Dufresne. Well, it's got to be mentioned as a prison film. It's pretty much number one on all IMDb charts and any other film charts. And there's there's a sequence where a guy plays the harmonica in it at night in a jail, which is like... It's got all those kinds of scenes. It's solitary, so he's, you know, he's doing imprisonment within the prison you know Solid. the hardest time you can do 
Well, Papillon solitary was solitary. That was five years he did. And they put him in darkness for some of it. I mean, crazy. Imagine the peace and quiet, though. Oh, it'd be lovely. I got a double bill of George Clooney films. Out of Sight. Mm -hmm. With uh, Lopez as well. Yes, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, He plays Jack Foley. And this is probably, well, certainly in my opinion. Is he related to Axel Foley? Yes, that's her son. It's George at his most smooth, I think, before it sort of descends into like almost self-parodying in Ocean's Eleven and all that stuff. Here he's Jack Foley and the opening of the film is him. The story sort of chopped up, but essentially it's him breaking out of prison and being captured by Jennifer Lopez, Karen Sisko, as she is called, <laughs> who's there completely by chance and sees some dirt getting flicking up into the air and, and then some prisoners pop out from the, the tunnel they've made and Clooney grabs her and puts her into the boot of the car and you have that really great scene the other one would be Oh Brother Where Art Thou yeah the chain gang where they're well they're on the run but they are they have been imprisoned so two really excellent Clooney films yeah but I think if you make me choose Out of Sight would be my favourite out of the two, those two really oh. that but that's Lee, a tough call Lee Childbrook or something like that was it or? which one the Out of Sight. Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard. Yeah. yeah. I've got a couple of superhero examples mm-hmm. for you. Neither are particularly uh, successful. These are really more about the prisons than the prisoner. The first is Magneto's Plastic Prison okay, yeah. in X-Men 2. And he gets broken out of prison because Mystique goes and shags that guy. Injects in the, him. And injects what? Liquid, like iron or something into him and then he pulls it atom by atom out of his skin uh use it like into a tiny marble which he uses to destroy the plastic prison and then yeah. kind of floats his way out of there so i mean they really should have thought about that also both <laughs> superman 2 and the man of steel movie see general zod and their crew thrown into the phantom zone which is a prison basically yeah. an interdimensional wasteland with no hope of escape of course unless the plot needs you to come out of it but they are essentially prisoners so right well do we think that's a bit too no no I'm vague or I'm, can i claim those you prisoners? can claim them because i'll probably go worse with vagueness but i'm top of the world ma do you know the film based on that incredible the water boy um no it's <laughs> it's white heat James Cagney. He played. Was that James Cagney that you were doing there? Come on, do well, it. Well, it was more the words than the accent, yeah. you know. But he plays like a psychotic convict with a mother complex who escapes and leads a gang into a chemical plant on a payroll heist. And of course, everything goes wrong when you've got that kind of combo. But James Cagney is fantastic in this. Is mm-hmm. one of those, you know, the the real. 1930s Tommy Gunn gangster and um, plays it. Oh, again, when (laughs) see the cinema. No, it's it's really, really good. It will stand up against most movies that we would have watched recently. It's 1930s, it's black and white, it's James Cagney. It ticks all the boxes for me. I know it's not everybody's, but check it out. You won't waste your time. Okay. Escape from Alcatraz. Mm. Is Alcatraz is a prison? I don't know if you know that. I did, though. yeah, I did. And um, Clint Eastwood plays Frank Morris. I've not seen it. Oh, it's good. It's it's just that really kind of straight storytelling. There's no sort of bells and whistles about it. It's just the story of this guy. He it sort of paints all the prisoners as being like really nice, (laughs) when in fact they're all you know murderers and like complete scum of the earth. There's a guy who paints 
one of the most memorable scenes in the film. They take his paints away from him and he cuts off his hand. He cuts his fingers off. It's fucking grim. Clint's just is similar to Shawshank. He's just spent years tunneling away. And then eventually, you know, they go and check the cell and there's this like real comedy sort of like bundled up stuff. And I think it's like a mannequin's head or something like that that he's got from somewhere. That sounds terrifying. And he, in the film, gets away, but I think probably died in the water because I don't think anyone ever did escape or not confirmed. Maybe they just don't tell you that they, they got away. Would never but in movies, it. they were always escaping from Alcatraz, weren't they? It was like yeah. the shittest prison ever. Though, yeah, there is kind of, uh, it's notorious for being very difficult. Yeah. I'll go with, I guess this goes on the slightly more abstract side, but in the Truman Show, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I would well, argue definitely. that he was, a, he was a prisoner, basically. He was, he was living his entire life trapped in a fabricated reality was he was he really allowed out there i don't know if he's a prisoner but it's always good to talk about that movie alien three which when you type it out is written as alien cubed because no one could stop microsoft word doing that apparently so that it had to be that had to be (laughs) a little paperclip popped up yeah but that's the whole planet is a sort of voluntary prison planet it's got charles s dutton as the spiritual leader of the the prisoners. And then it's got a great performance from Ralph Brown as the prisoner nicknamed 85, because that's what his IQ (laughs) was. And it's got Charles Dance, who plays a sort of love interest for for Sigourney Mm. Weaver, who's then like killed about an hour into the movie. But yeah, that's a prison planet, and they were a bunch of prisoners. It qualifies. Yeah. There was there was this guy with a stutter who died in prison, but he, he never got to finish his sentence. <laughs> um, right. Well, no, Vince Everett is a construction worker, accidentally murders a, a man in a brawl, arrested, sent to jail for manslaughter, and his life changes when he learns to play the guitar in prison. Jailhouse Rock. It's, uh, mm. it's, it's the big E. Oh, Elvis. Fatso. Yeah. <laughs> he looks brilliant in the 1968 <laughs> comeback and you know it. But Jailhouse Rock. Um, uh, all I'm saying is in the 68 special, he was, that's when you could see he had an extra cheeseburger. Well, we, we've had this argument off air a little earlier. I think Elvis looks incredible in the 68 comeback. He does. Special. He does. But yeah, that's well, when. As the, end of. That's when I mean, the eating he, started. No, no. He just looks cute. He looks just, just right. He's brilliant. And uh, he looked fantastic. In, in Jailhouse Rock is Vince Everett as well. I've got another double bill, but this is we're going on to TV mode. Okay. I'm going to pick two episodes from Blackadder Goes Forth. Corporal Punishment is the episode where they kill the carrier pigeon and eat it. It's Melchit's yeah, beloved yeah. speckled Jim, and Blackadder is court-martialed, and he is uh, going to be shot at dawn by the firing squad. It's great. The other episode I'm going to nominate is Private Plane, which is the greatest episode, certainly greatest sitcom episode of anything, but probably the greatest episode of anything ever on television. Wow, it's high praise. It's the Rick Mail one with uh, with Flash Art. Okay. And his flying squadron is nicknamed the 20 Minuters. So What's the name of the episode? Because I'm going to have to go and watch this. Private Plane. Private Plane, okay. It's Fucking genius. And Blackadder, George and Baldrick join the 20 minutes because that's the average they think that you're going to be flying for. But it's the life expectancy is 20 minutes. And anyway, they crash land uh, across enemy lines and they're captured and they are, they're held in the castle of the fiendish Red Baron played by Ed Edmondson. Okay. And it is genius. If anyone's not seen this, you need to check it out. It's on UK Gold or fucking YouTube or whatever a million times a day. 
but every time this doesn't get old ever Pete will be delighted that that's been spoken yeah, about. Yeah, he will be creaming listening at home. The Dark Knight had one of the Joker's goons in the prison cell and he starts complaining of like mm. stomach pain and then you find out he's got a bomb in his oh, sewn yeah. into him which the Joker can activate, which is pretty mm. nice. So he was a prisoner that didn't he's a joker, last very yeah. long. Yeah, the Joker. He's always joking <laughs> around, around, didn't he? He's always joking. Bomb. American History X doesn't really take place much of it in the prison, but it's definitely a story about a prisoner, the transformation of Derek Edward Norton. Vineyard. Derek Vineyard, mm. yeah. He's cured of his racism. He cured it's nice, of it. isn't it? Yeah, that happened nicely, <laughs> didn't it? But they lost Edward Furlong along yeah. the way, which was sad. But it was a great crime drama that made a big impact in it a great cast as well what it was the name of the director because he hated what the this studio meddling and yeah. he it's not finch no uh, he wanted to take his name off the production yeah the whole the film right. he wanted his name to be expunged from the records but he had taken out an advert i think in the new york times panning the film and the studio and you know there's that alan smithy thing so mm-hmm. If you want your, if you want to, to not be associated with it, they will replace your name with Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy yeah. But you cannot have said anything negative about it in the press, right? Okay. So they couldn't do that. So he's still got his name on it. But actually, the film is really good. I don't know what something had happened along the way that he disgruntled about. Right. Um, okay. We really ought to know his name. Yeah. Yeah. Some guy. If you're listening, whoever you were, you could uh, <laughs> come on the pod. Let us know what went wrong. Know who you are. Well, I had a couple well, of. Well, um... hang on a minute, Dan. Oh, sorry. We skipping over that. Prime there. Well, I was just gonna. You know, before I forgot about Escape Plan. Anybody seen that? It's a solidly enjoyable Stallone no. action movie where Schwarzenegger gets to play the comedy relief role. Yeah, this is a real thing. He plays Ray Breslin, introduced in the beginning of the movie as an inmate in a maximum security prison. And you get to see him like study the guard shift patterns and he's drawing diagrams and making tools out of shit. He's got lying around in the cells, you know, making a kind of plan to escape and then he does escape and we're only a few minutes into the movie movie and then even the least savvy movie goer of all time knows there's something else going on here and of course it is that he's employed by the prison service to get into into these maximum security places and then get himself out again and identify all their weaknesses but he takes this dodgy from the start book a job off the books to get this like black site type place called the tomb and the inmates are all kept in like david blaine style glass boxes and the guards wear creepy masks like they're going to the eyes wide shut sex party thing and then schwarzenegger turns up playing rottmeyer who's a fellow inmate who assists with the plan a lot of his running time consists of being beaten up or beating up other people so he can be carried away to solitary and work out where the cameras are and that sort of thing uh, it's got vinnie jones as the warden's wow. right-hand man, which is pretty shit. But the warden himself is played by Jim Caviezel, and he's, like, channeling a kind of smarmy Christ, basically, from... It's like the Passion of the Christ, but in this movie. So, yeah, watch it. Escape Plan, it's good. Okay. Or it's mediocre. Another Steve McQueen one, a Captain Hiltz in yeah, The yeah. Great Escape. Uh, he's going to make it, you don't think he? he's going to make time. it? So this was, a, you know, based on a true story. He, he was involved in saving 76 men and he tried to jump the wire and his bike didn't quite make it. But he invented the thing of the bouncing the ball, the ball on, on the wall and catching it again. I yeah. mean, if Papillon had that, it'd be sound, wouldn't he? Five years. Simpsons be, did it. They yeah. didn't give him anything. Scum. 
Would you call me? Yeah, that's right. It was Ray Winston's kind of breakout film of, mm. of him in Borstal yeah. with I'm the Daddy Now and goes around hitting people Where's with... Where's your tool? Uh, this yeah. fucking tool. Yeah. People who went on to star in like The Bill in EastEnders and stuff. Yeah. There was the kid with the glasses who was in the, 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 Hallow, uh, the Heidi High sort of follow-up thing with the house. Terry and June? No. No, it was like the posh, you know, the, the aristocracy lived upstairs and the story was like... Not the rise and damp. Sue Pollard and all that lot were downstairs, the servants' quarters and all that. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, So yeah. there you go. Another thing we don't know the name Another of. Another yeah. Midnight Express. Yeah. Oh, fuck, that That's, was a good one, isn't it? That was, so it was, the, the again, the true story of uh, Billy Hayes who, who smuggled a couple of kgs of hash through Turkey, got, I think, four-year prison Five years. sentence for it. But then it got bumped up to like 30 and yeah. he started to, to want to escape before he was too... Going to take the Midnight Express. And, You've got um, the guards. They like to beat him across the feet, don't they? Yeah. And there's some sex stuff going on. It's quite kinky, actually. Yeah. It, do, you know, do you know it was directed by Alan Parker, who the movie that he did previously to Bugsy this... Malone? Was Bugsy Malone, yeah. Wow. I love Bugsy Bonkers. Malone. Bonkers. Bugs him alone, the, the Jodie Foster one with, yeah. the, with the kids. Um, um, Scott Bayer. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and this Midnight Express is really great. It's got John Hurt in it. Yeah. And it's got Randy Quaid as well. And he's like bonkers now, but... Mm. Yeah, uh, but he was, he was decent, he was decent back then. in this. Yeah. yeah, it's tense. Ooh, John Coffey from Green Mile. Oh, yeah, we're talking about this one today. Yeah. Did this you cry Tom, when you were talking Tom Hanks. I thought um, this was another one that should have been on the band list. Yeah, I wasn't going to dwell on that one. Another one that, uh, should this be banned? It's too good. Hannibal Lecter, but we always impersonate that. Escape from New York. Yes. Snake, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Snake Pliskin, the Manhattan. Kurt, Manhattan Kurt Russell. Be- yeah. Yeah, okay. Manhattan has become the the island. The whole, I've never the, seen this. The whole of uh, Manhattan has become a maximum security prison and the president's plane crash lands in it. So they have to bust him out. It's got a tremendous cast. Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine, Harry Dean Stanton, and your man himself, Kurt Russell. They always talk about remaking that one. I just well, there's Escape from L.A. as well. Yeah, I don't think that's very good. And then, yeah, they should probably just quit. But you should definitely check that one out, Dan. Which probably, you were probably a bit old in 1981 this came out. 1981, so yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I was having my hip operation then. <laughs> a large part of the Muppets Most Wanted, which I think was the sequel, was about... Kermit's attempt to escape the gulag if you remember that he had the evil clone or not clone brother or it had a at a, at a beauty a, spot I don't know what you're allowed to say or, or a mole is that or a wart a mole maybe? on a frog yeah. to, mole on a frog yeah so I don't know if that really counts in face off Caster Troy he's no Sean Ar- I get confused because it's so That's deep what, and twisted yeah. but Sean Archer oh they somebody takes somebody else's face and has to go into prison I want to take his face off <laughs> yeah and a Gothica anybody seen that completely preposterous movie by Mathieu Kasovitz who did what's it called it's Gothica Oh, not Gattaca. No, Gothica. No, this I one. Don't, I don't see that one. It's got Harry Belly as a prison psychiatrist accused say, of yeah. murdering her Cat husband, woman. Charles S. Dutton, actually, from the movie before. He winds up, she gets locked in her own prison. She's a she's a prison psychiatrist yeah. accused of murdering her husband, who then ends up being locked in the prison that right. she was formerly the psychiatrist Would for. Would I be wrong just... in remembering a sex scene in that? Or You're thinking of Monsters Ball. Ah, oh, that's what I'm trying to think of oh no this is far far sillier there's like berries being haunted by a 
ghost of a dead girl and robert downey jr is a smarmy prick in it and i really like this movie it's really stupid but yeah you know it makes total sense to lock up a prison psychiatrist who's working at a place yeah in that place i mean just the whole premise makes total sense okay there was that uh, film about a beaver that was sent to prison oh, the evidence was damning wow <laughs> wow brew baker you ever, you ever seen that one? Robert Redford film? No. Okay, no. another one I'm going to educate you on. So Robert Redford turns up at like Arkansas State Prison determined to clean up corruption. He's the new warden, only nobody knows he's the new warden. He goes in as a prisoner and clever. Yeah. Yeah, it's decent, as you would expect. I mean, it would have been a big big deal back in the day with A-lister like, like Bobby. And it's, uh, it's a really good prison movie and it's got prisoners in yeah <laughs> yeah it's perfect <laughs> for this week's top perfect. five perfect you covered it any more side i don't want to talk about this one because i don't think i don't think either of you two have seen it logan lucky i'm gonna nominate it one week okay cool. nearly nominated it this week because it's our man daniel craig is um incarcerated and they have to do some kind of jailbreak to get him involved in their heist plan so i'll say no more but it is Spoiler alert, excellent. Yeah. Well, I certainly enjoyed it anyway. The Burt Reynolds 1974 comedy, The Longest Yard. That's been remade at least three times. Uh, it's got at least two of those have got Burt Reynolds in because he was in the one with Adam Sandler. Vinny Jones. Vinnie Jones. And was Beckham in that movie or someone ridiculous? They play. They all play Paul Wrecking Crew, a former NFL quarterback locked up after you know doing shit and whatever and then he has to take on the prison guards in it the actual i actually half enjoyed the adam sandler one i really have to say i know that that's wow like, yeah i know i know you yeah. gotta you gotta be in the right mood for those movies but yeah it, it was one i've seen and it, it wasn't too bad six out of ten kind of stuff 12 monkeys I had I've not seen them. It's, it's kind of a, uh, a mental asylum, but I think there's some prison. I'll tell you, that's a prison content in yeah. there as well. And of course, the prisoner in that he ends up sharing a cell, doesn't he, with the guy? And it's like Brad Pitt. The information that he gives him, no, or the information that Cole gives him, ends up orchestrating the events of the movie sort of thing coming back round again oh self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy yeah exactly thank you that's a much more elegant way of saying it um, yeah the hurricane denzel denzel playing uh reuben carter who was accused of uh murder he was a boxer and went down for like a a triple homicide or something got got years and years could have been a contender immortalized in bob dylan's song the hurricane and it's a really decent film actually have you seen this one no but i did see the fight at the weekend yeah okay so what, fury the, fury fight yeah how was it because i haven't seen it did all. you stay up and watch it no i saw it later on yeah same yeah he's is two big guys hitting each other it was quite the quite the sight here's one we don't mention very often but i need just a quick confirmation on his how you say his name Nicholas Cage, Raising Arizona. Is it H-I? Madonna or is it High? <laughs> I'm guessing it's H-I. It's so long since I've seen it. So he is a sort of petty criminal bouncing from different crime and getting captured, released, captured, released, doing these sort of petty crimes. And then he falls in love with the prison mugshot photographer played by Holly Hunter and it's Coen Brothers. Mm. And it's one of those rare things, Nicholas Cage film that I really like. Yeah. And also Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, right, of course. Paul Newman. Um, which features imprisonment and eggs. Yeah, 
and as sort of he's this like christ-like figure isn't yeah. he among the inmates sort of thing i guess a couple of last ones from me is that probably where the stage we're at yeah Somehow, back in 1995, someone managed to convince MGM Studios to funnel a bunch of money into a weird adaptation of a British cult comic book novel about a wise-cracking punk driving a tank through an apocalyptic Australia in the movie Tank Girl. Seen that? Yeah. I never saw it. It's a weird one. Laurie Petty. It's maybe not quite successful. The the girl out of Point Break. Yeah. Yeah. She plays the sort of hyperactive tomboy character and we get some good prison stuff in the opening scenes and some good world building stuff she escapes imprisonment by the wasteland's fascist oppressors the water and power company which are a sort of militarized corporation which hoards water and cruelly attacks anyone who has their own which they you know they're not a good company to work for (laughs) it has to be said when they fire employees they kill them with machines that harvest water from their bodies which i don't even think the current conservative government (laughs) would tolerate Hmm. it's probably going to be debated soon it's worth watching for the inventive design of the movie which takes actual stuff like uh, the guy jamie hewlett just said key bits of the movie just got missed they just forgot to film things so they had gorillas dude no it's not i looked that up Uh, it's different guy because i was like oh my god that'd be amazing but so they had to fill it with cutaways and drawings from the cartoon and animation sequences which were basically never intended to be seen so that's weird it's got future david lynch collaborator naomi watts in it as jet girl and it's really watchable for ice t's turn as a super soldier enhanced by kangaroo dna (laughs) beautiful ice t who was of course good friends with boise from only fools and horses yeah Apparently Love so. Love the internet. Right, to wrap up my side, Superman. Remember the like, Chrissy Reeves one um, where he's got the the guys go off into space in like a The Phantom Zone. Yeah, I was go. talking you about that. You should have mentioned that. Yeah. Did you, did you mention that already? Yeah. I, I was obviously listening attentively. <laughs> Old Boy. Oh yeah, oh. again. That's kind of you know. It's Ooh. not when you when you talked about prisons not being really prisons. That's obviously the a guy who's just locked up for twenty years has no idea why in some suburban house he can't get out of. But it's all been mm. reinforced and his food gets slid through a door and he gets gassed every day and all that kind of shit's going on. That's a weird movie. You feel stunned coming out of that film. Mm. I think the first time you've seen it, it's just. I remember um, I was at Gus's house and we were we were watching movies and his flatmate came and said, oh, you've got any to, to recommend? And nice, jolly, happy guy, like, and we gave him Old Boy on DVD. <laughs> and he came back like three hours later, a different man. He was like, he, he'd aged and he just... <laughs> grown weary of anything we the had The original Korean one you're talking yeah. about, right? So, I was about to say, has up- anyone seen the... I'm not bothered uh, to see the remake. Oh, yes, it, I have seen it actually. I it's have. Not yeah. as bad as it's you would not, think, but, but it's not a patch on the original. It really isn't. I did watch it. Yeah, a prophet, which I quickly mentioned yeah, a French couple of weeks connection. ago, and I think that's pretty much it, other than Dead Man Walking with Sean Penn and Susan Sarandon, director Tim Robbins, and Sean Penn is a guy on death row who's Boring, yeah. who's unrepentant. And Susan's trying to save his soul. Ah. Does she? Well, that would be a massive spoiler. Yes, she does. Right then, let's confine some of these to the imprisonment of a top four. Riggs, what are you going for? 
Well, I'm probably going to go for law-abiding citizen, which is the really stupid Gerard Butler movie where he plays an architect who gets himself into prison and he's built a secret tunnel out of it and he can go and run his diabolical schemes. Really stupid, but I really enjoyed it and he's quite a good prison content in it. Well, I've been... It's tough, actually, because... um... A great prisoner has been Steve McQueen in both Great Escape and Papillon, but I can't split those really. So I'm going to go for for Jimmy Cagney, James Cagney and White Heat. Nice. Oh, I'm going to put in Private Plane. Blackadder goes fourth. So that that's the top three. Do we want to? Do you want to add one more? No, let's get two from the listeners. All right, cool. So Bring send us in. your nominations. It's time. For cheese,チーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズチーズ
Anyway, we are getting off topic now. Well, we are and we aren't because I was shamelessly cashing in on people's interest on uh, that movie. So I wanted to see, because before all of this, and he was involved in this and Sicario and Blade Runner 2049 and other stuff, back in 2013, just as my eldest daughter was being born, he released his first English language movie, Prisoners. So not really knowing anything about it other than it being a sort of suspenseful thriller that I'd managed to stay spoiler free of for about eight years. I thought we should give it a go and see if the guy has got some chops when it's not all giant space worms and attempting to articulate what consciousness might be like if you could experience the past, present and future simultaneously. (laughs) So that's how we came up with Prisoners. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a clue that this existed not a fucking scooby-doo i didn't know it was denny villeneuve didn't know anything about it so i was completely cold going into this didn't look up the synopsis nothing yeah it's good it's better to do that isn't it if you yeah. can well i i it had been on my radar in in as far as i'd, I'd seen the, a trailer for it and then thought no that's gonna scare the shit out of me i'll never watch that <laughs> thanks Riggs. yeah so but it's, it's not one a of those film. psychological thrillers isn't but it's, it? It, it's, it gets into your head it, it makes you let, feel if, anxiety it's bleak yeah it's very bleak. And it's, it preys on what is probably your worst nightmare yeah. as a parent. And we'll, we can get into that. The movie starts with Hugh Jackman yeah. and his son. Big- we are going to spoil this. <laughs> that was a good one. Sorry. <laughs> we are going to spoil this. Sorry. Somebody once said, can we just say whether it's really good straight up front? I really enjoyed to know, it. Okay. You really enjoyed it. Yeah. Was it really good? I did. It was good. I'm more complex. Here. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> well go and watch I... the movie and then come back because we're going to spoil the shit out of it. So, huge Jackman and his son are hunting deer. They're doing, he's saying the Lord's Prayer and then he shoots it. Yeah. So, I don't know instantly what I'm supposed to think about that scene, really, because there's some religion and stuff going on and we're getting some scene setting. They're not they're... vegans. You know that from the beginning. Yeah. No, yeah. they're well. They're well pleased that they've shot this thing. Yeah, and there's loads of shots of crosses and stuff mm. right out the gate. Yes, but it's not. Yeah, um, he, it, I suppose it establishes Hugh Jackman as a sort of survivalist type character on the edge of that. When we go back to his house later, we see that he's stocking things up. Right. So we're in Pennsylvania. Uh, Hugh Jackman is Keller Dover. And his wife, Grace, his son, Ralph, and his daughter, they're all celebrating Thanksgiving, aren't they? With Terence Howard and his wife. Yeah, the Birches. Mm. And they're all getting kind of pissed up. And yeah, the drinks are flowing. The trumpet's being played really badly. They live basically in the same <clears throat> estate on the same street, just a few houses we're in the you burbs. Might, we're I think, in the burbs. Can here. you even see? You might even be able to see the other house, yeah. I think, from where they are. It's close. It's, it's close. close. Yeah. The kids go out for a, for a walk. The two youngest kids are Anna and Joy, and they're being played with by the elder siblings as well have taken them out for a stroll and they find this rv and the kids start like jumping on the rv and stuff and then it becomes clear that there might be somebody in there so they all sort of scamper away they're, Hi- they're sort of bashing it aren't they they're sort of yeah it's a bit rowdy isn't it it's yeah. a bit like do. i mean it's just it's just, well, yeah i'd be pissed off these kids are about six if my six-year-old well but she probably would she's it's, five at the moment she'd do it it's in the kind of street where they wouldn't normally see there's that no, kind of There's thing. no, there's no the reason for this RV to be there. And it's a creepy looking RV. It's yeah. old sort of mm. older. It's a bit like the one in Paul. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not far off. And anyway, they go back and they're having dinner and it's all sort of hunky dory. And then at some point the kids, uh, they need to go and get a whistle yeah. from the other house and 
It's not really clear what happened. It, it's so chillingly relatable, this bit. It made me think of the McCanns, where the adults are getting a little bit drunk and having a good time, and their guard is down, and the responsibility, they're not as responsible as they really should be, and suddenly the kids are gone. Well, they, the they do say, kids. don't they, oh, you can go, but make sure your, your brother goes with you again but they're kids and they don't actually bother going to ask the brother who's downstairs in the basement or they say something it's not heard the two youngest are out on their own the six-year-olds you could know and then and a little while later in the evening it is is clear they're missing and the shit hitting the fan everybody's running yeah we're treated to that sort of awful moment like oh where's little johnny yeah I mean, my heart is pounding just even talking about this now. Mm-hmm. So when you're like watching the movie, that and realization. This stuff, have you ever lost your kids for any moment of time like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even for like else's. five, ten seconds, even that yeah. is is enough mm. to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I lost somebody else's once. Can you look after them? And I was like, <laughs> they've gone. That's not a nice feeling. That's that's really not. Are you available to babysit this weekend? <laughs> yeah, anytime, anytime, no worries. Do you feel I'm harsh? Because I do blame all of the parents straight away for this. Well, you, it's hard to blame the, the kids because they're well, kids. Yeah, I mean, they're so, kids. But, but I, that's where I go to. We blame, blame the kidnappers no. more. Yeah, of course, it's, it's the weirdos out yeah. there. But Anyway, the kids are gone and we're introduced to... <sighs> Detective Loki. <laughs> I don't, why it's they, a weird choice when you've got loads of other Marvel connections in this anyway yeah and then you've just got the fucking character name yeah it's I strange. mean uh, I didn't like it what, I didn't, you didn't like, like the it. name or Jake Gyllenhaal's acting in this no I thought he was good I hated the name it's stupid why give yeah. your character such a stupid name he is absolutely brilliant in this he's covered in tattoos he's got really cool his hair. haircut yeah mm. he's like he's got a cross I think Tattooed on his hand. Yeah. He does. yeah. He's doing this like weird blinking tick that I sometimes do, which is weird to watch somebody do. They were all Jake Gyllenhaal's like character choices. Mm, he's got he... a Freemason's ring. Yeah. But the kids point out that there was an RV hanging around. So we're sus- there's suspicion straight away, right? We need to find that. And they, they sort of go around door to door. Mm. If anyone's see anything, no one's really got a fucking clue. They are led to the RV eventually. It's the edge of a forest by a petrol station at night. And Detective Loki goes there, doesn't need to, ar- to arrest. Down with rain. And it's absolutely lashing down with rain. And he sort of gets to the, the driver's door. This is a weird scene. Yeah. I didn't really know what was happening here. The car, the RV reverses very suddenly and then pounds straight forward into a tree. And then they're approaching, show me your hands, show me your hands, screaming at him, show your hands. There's a few cars there now. And inside is Alex Jones, who's not the horrible bastard who denies that the murders took <laughs> place at Sandy Hook. But it's Paul D- Dano? Dano? Paul Dano, I, I say, but I don't know if that's right. He's really becoming an actor I enjoy seeing. You look at his filmography, he was in Ok, ok- ja. We watched yeah. Yeah. Swiss Army Man. That was unforgettable. Yeah. He was on two episodes of The Sopranos as well. But, um, oh, yeah. Right. So and he's, he's got these big glasses. He's very meek. His voice is very, very shy mm. and very low volume wise. Does it looks creepy straight away, but doesn't really make you think that it's trying to make you, th- I don't know, it's conflicting because he's a suspect. 
But at the same time, you're like, he can't be the guy. He just doesn't look like... Well, I mean, I wasn't sure. I, I thought maybe it's a big act. Also, maybe it's too it's... early in the film. Yeah. Well, you don't know. That's yeah. the thing. And there's a, there's the a lot of ambiguity with it. that. Yeah. It, it plays with that a lot. But he says he's something. He's interrogating him, isn't he? And it becomes clear that he's got... Severe learning difficulties. Yeah. They say that he has the sort of mental capacity of like a 10-year-old boy, but yeah. he's clearly a lot older than that. But so the forensics haven't found anything. There's no they? evidence there. There's nothing they can charge him with. So they can hold him for 48 hours and that's it. Then they have to release him. But all the while, quite naturally, Hugh Jackman is getting very upset about this, saying, no, you, this is the guy. Mm. You need to fucking charge him. And then that gives you some more time to, you know, build a case or whatever it is. But no, we can't hold a guy with no evidence and no da-da-da-da. So, and the family are all falling apart, as you might imagine. The the wife, it's a bit of an unfortunate thing because she mostly just takes drugs and goes to sleep in this. Uh, yeah, she's kind of just, shame. just kind of completely put to one side, which mm. is shit. It, but he, it is Hugh, Jack, Hugh Jackman's performance, really. And it is all like... Rage monster. Rage and... Guilt and... Well, yeah, he, all he, of he, it. Yeah, he, sadness, he's angry. They're letting him sadness. out. And he, they're saying he's... He's ten years old in in his mind, and he's trying to say, "Well, look, he can drive a car. He's he's, he's having you not over very here. well. No, <laughs> he, he's he's having you over here." Um, but they do release him, and Hugh Jackman grabs him, and he says some words. Mm-hmm. They, they only they didn't cry until I left, left them. He yeah. whispers it at them. Yeah, they didn't cry until so I that, left them. That kind of cements. and he's got a kind of smile on his face. Yeah, yeah, and the reaction from jackman is like he can't believe what he's heard that only cements his it's his a trigger feeling. for him for everything that follows which is not not great for paul dano really no so he's he, it's his turn to to be abducted then and hughes jackman starts to take the law into his own hands mm. and if the police can't get a confession out of this guy and information, then he will. And we go back to these kind of survival skills and, and this this kind of mindset. He knows also that, you know, within a week he's got and then most kids don't return after mm. that. So this I don't this think time, it was even as long as that. I thought no. it was twenty four hours you had or forty hours. Yeah. And you're unlikely to find anyone. But he, yeah. he has him holed up in a derelict house and he goes over to Terence Howard the other father got to show you something and it brings him over to the gaff and he's like this is you know this is wrong you know you can't yeah. be doing this but still hangs around while he fucking beats the shit out well, that, of that's yeah it. well so, that's part of it isn't yeah. it that is part paul, of it paul dano is is held against his will in this derelict house um and starts being tortured for information it's utterly utterly brutal and the camera is, just yeah. shows you the aftermath particularly i mean yeah the, the, you get three or four probably more than that where he's just punching his face and then a little later it cuts to he's sort of handcuffed to a sink isn't he mm. and you see his face the and it's fucking it's unbelievable un- so brutal it only barely looks human meanwhile loki is on the oh, fucking hell mephisto yeah. Yeah. yeah loki is on the on the hunt for local he pedophiles because he has he knows that there's no evidence for what's going on with Alex Jones. He hasn't noticed that Alex Jones isn't about yet. He's he's hunting local paedophiles because he goes to Father 
done yes i think it is some and he's like checking around the place and have you got any dodgy material here and stuff and then he notices basically the guy's got a fucking torture dungeon in his basement behind the fridge uh very odd part of the movie this and a mummified corpse attached to a chair with a necklace with a necklace yeah which is the only kind of identifiable feature on this guy who's been down there for an indeterminate amount of time and and then so the the investigation kind of flips again and there's there's new suspects and james lawrence yeah yeah well there's a candlelight vigil isn't there and there's a our mate jim you don't even know him so it's like the smallest reference right and i don't think he even listens to the podcast it's basically just for me inside him. but yeah he looks david dalmatian it's not actually it's dast mulchin his website has a thing to teach your teach yourself how to say it which is cute right. but he, he's sort of snooping around a bit too sort of well long. he's just being weird isn't yeah he? and loki's staring at him like you're a bit off mm. and he catches a glimpse and does a runner yeah, so Jim fucks off and Loki follows him, but he gets away, doesn't he? Yeah. He is a weird fucker, that guy. Yeah. This this time he gets away, but a little bit later he's reintroduced, isn't he? Because um they they talk about some clothes that he's he's bought. He's buying kids' clothes. He's buying kids' clothes. So the on on his rounds, Loki has has found a shopkeeper who says, oh, yeah, he comes in here, he buys clothes, I'll give I'll give you a ring next time he's in. And this is does. really where they fucked the the case up because they should have been all over this tip. Sorry, yeah. it bothered me this bit because yeah. it's supposed to be in the real world, but it becomes quite increasingly well, clear I this mean, is getting a I, bit preposterous. I, I was going to wait to the things that bothered me about this towards the end. But, yeah, the, I think after two-thirds of the film and you're, you're really quite strong and there's some big moments and building into it, the final third of the film, which we're kind of getting into now, does start to be a few plot holes and, and things. Mm. And this particular um, character is not well explained to me. Maybe it's something mm. I missed. Maybe it's something I'll, I'll learn now when you can tell me what happened. Well, as they try, I mean, he's searching for him. He's got a drawing that yeah. he's done. Well, not he's done the. What is that job? That is a quite a cool job and must be really fucking difficult to. You know, like when you work oh, the, for the police the, and you the, do the drawing, the portrait yeah, yeah. artists. Mm. Or, like, and or how would you yeah. even begin? Like, I'm trying. I can see you now, and yeah. I wouldn't know how to describe your face Man. to anyone else. Man, yeah. yeah, he's got hair. Very manly, more manly. I oh, two of them definitely. D- yeah, he's got uh, like a maze drawing all over his house. Yeah. So yes, they track him down. Yeah, he's got a severed pig's head in the sink. Yeah, which is nice. That's the least of the worries. Mm, yeah. There's a lot of weird shit going down. And he's got he's... about a dozen sort of storage crates in a room, all padlocked up. Oh, my God. And we have, we have seen him. And now him. you're thinking the kids are yeah. probably in there. Yeah. And, and we have seen him previous to this. I'll jump forward a little bit, creeping around the family's mm. house and and going into the kids' rooms and mm-hmm. stuff, yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is a terribly risky mood move and and mood and mood. It's a, when it's, you're in that just, mood, it's for creeping mood. into kids' yeah. bedrooms and- um, that that don't belong to you. But I, where did he come from? This guy? Did they explain this? They do. They do. They do. It all plays into the final reveal, but that doesn't happen quite yet because they do eventually get him, don't they? David Dalmatian yeah. in the house and. Yeah. 
They take him back to the police station and this is really another fuck up, but Loki gets enraged, doesn't he? And there's a sort of scuffle and uh, Dalmatian takes the gun and blows his own fucking head off. Yeah. It's quite quite a scene that... Um, well, we should mention the crates because they... Oh, fuck, did we not mention them? No, we, we, oh. we mentioned them, we didn't say what was in them because Go back Loki, Loki smashes a few open and it's full of clothes, mm. but also snakes. Yeah. Bloodstained clothes as well. It's horrible, it's, isn't it's, it? It's he, a box of horrors, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And you're, you're you're watching this, and you're kick, you're expecting to find a child. Yeah, it's hundred percent. Blood and dismembered. You're getting snakes. It's really weird. But Loki's, you know, they've shown throughout that he's impassioned by this case, and he wants. Well, he's to never find, lost a case, has he? He's never lost a case. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So they've they've got David Dalmatian back at the station, hmm. and it's kind of a scuffle. And this was sloppy again from because Dalmatian is allowed to shoot himself in the head and blow his own head off yeah he gets yeah he really does makes the right mess of the wall yeah uh, not before he's drawn some mazes and shit on a piece of paper which Loki begins to recognise when he shows the photos of the things to the parents he sees yeah. the yeah and the, the, the priest's guy in the dungeon has also got that necklace and, and things that relates to this kind of paedophile ring or yeah. something that's going on. And then you have the, the news that one of the girls has been found. Well, hang on. Just before that, I wanted to mention this bit, Dan, because I thought you'd appreciate this. Keller continues to torture Alex at his place. We see him first with an angle grinder. And <laughs> this is funny because first you think, oh, my God, what's he going to do with the angle grinder? Because we've seen all sorts of horrible mm. shit happening. And then second, you see he's using the DeWalt D28113. Uh, you know, okay, the one nice. the, with the spindle thread. It's not going to cut yeah. through bone, though. Uh, it's got the, the, this is the really stupid thing. It's got the 900 watt power right. output. And of course, that product isn't designed for use in America, isn't it? Because it's only for countries that use 220 volt. Oh, well, that's uh, the, just a complete fuck up. These I are know. the kind of plot holes that yeah. just made me so. really difficultly enjoy this, this film. <laughs> yeah, um, but he did build a weird shower slash confession you love a good shower scene for him where he like tortures him with freezing it's, water or hot water yeah it's only got scalding hot water or freezing cold and he gives him a wash every now and then just mm. to freshen him up a little bit so so basically Hughes Jackman has has turned into a real bad son of a gun here He's, I was thinking to myself watching it like you can never come back from that now mm. best case scenario is that you do find your daughter but you are now going to prison like you're or you're like a deranged maniac like you can yeah. never you've got to live with that, that. you've yeah. got to live with that kind of and he does behavior. need to get caught because loki rocks up at this place mm. he follows him to a liquor store hugh jackman walks away from the liquor store and he's where's he going and he, but he knows he's being or he realizes that he's being followed so he comes over and he just tries to sort of get rid of him but sure enough like he does eventually track him back to this derelict place and is almost on the cusp of discovering mm. alex jones he's right but there. is you know saved by the telephone call and he has to leave he's dragged away so again it's like this nearly you know nearly rumbled but not quite i was still thinking to myself you are you you have to get caught at some point you know there's no when you you're so far down that sort of torture rabbit hole mm. Yeah, well, there's no way out. Th oh, this yeah. is what he's I've... done unspeakable yeah. things yeah. to this guy. 
This is what I thought the, the film dealt quite well with or asked these interesting questions. Certainly, again, sort of large parts of it where it's, you know, evil fighting evil and anger and violence leading to more anger and violence mm. and, and how that just kind of, you know, is is, is going to keep going round and round. We do find that one of the, the girls has escaped and it's the, the Birch girl, the other not huge Jackman's little girl. Terence Howard's it, daughter. Is Terence Howard's daughter. And obviously they all want answered questions. And Jackman's in straight in there. Yeah. Just I want to pump her for information, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. As, as He'd have slapped it out of her if he could. He, he would have done. He would have done. He was in that kind Put of her mood. in the shower. Um, mm. And their parents are just so happy to, to have him back. There's been a quite a strain on on their friendship oh, yeah. and everything because of the way that Hugh Jackman is is torturing Alex Jones. But yeah, because they because know the about wife, it, but they the don't wi- want... The wife has, has been taken to see. Yeah. She's seen it all and she's sort of okay with it. Mm. Well, she's she, like, well, we don't have to do it, but we don't have to stop it either. Yeah, you know. So mm. she's kind of less say fair about the whole torture thing. Loki event- eventually tracks. Well, he he does eventually chase Keller to the abandoned building that Keller's father owns, that is now the prison for uh, Paul Dano. Any Paul Dano, and then this is where the movie turns to Alex's aunt. Yes, Holly. Well, who we've seen a couple of times. She's she's come as kind of the the responsible guardian when he was released and and helped him sign his name. And there was one time before Hugh Jackman had gone looking for a little more information on Alec Jones, who was missing at the time, but not reported missing or not in the the big thoughts of the the police at that stage. And she been pretty nice and played it pretty cool but Mm. we now realize actually as Hugh Jackman has after he's been told you were there by the little girl that's the only information that she can she can give out and he goes well where have I been right fuck I've been at that woman's house they've got to be there and so he's going to go and do a job on her but she knows he's coming Mm. yeah he rocks up there with his tool belt and all that under the pretense of doing fixing a door or a tap a or something. Door, she's it's all it. a bit cat and mouse. And she's got now. a bad hand covered with you know she's holding a gun and it's it's she's got a tea towel wrapped around it or something. Yeah. So she eventually turns the gun on him, knows why he's there, and and he's gonna be there a long time because she's a bit of an expert when it comes to keeping prisoners. We realise <laughs> well, he, he says to her, "Well, you'll have to either." Fucking shoot me, or but I said she just shoots him. Yeah, she loves that. totally causes yeah. that, that was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you do, uh, to yeah. somebody. I, I mean, if they're badass and I've got a gun, and they say you're gonna shoot, I shoot him in the leg. Mm. I don't kill you, but uh, boom, how's your kneecap now? And then Done. she starts a long monologue talking about her motivation, which is basically her kid died of cancer. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so her and her husband she, raged her her a husband, war against God. Yeah. So yeah. they, they abduct and, and kill or abuse children. Too many for them to count, to wage a war on God, to turn turn parents into revenge-crazed monsters, which is basically what huge Jackman has done. Learn. It's not, a, I mean, that's not a watertight plan, is it? No. No. But she, from what she says at the end, I think she's expecting to be caught at some point. She's looking for that, almost, mm. that release. But she's another person who's got this sort of subterranean torture dungeon thing going on. I've got to get me one of those. Yeah, they seem to be ten a penny over there. You've got to keep there. them quiet. <laughs> and all it takes is you've got to move the old, was it Pontiac? 
Yeah. yeah. And there's a sort of crude trapdoor. And- there have been several conspicuous shots of this dusty Pontiac mm. throughout the yeah. movie lots of times well it was her ex-husband's who who disappeared and mm. all the way through the film i thought it might be him because they never said he was dead that he just disappeared or he went away mm. so i thought oh maybe he's pulling the strings but we actually find out that paul dano alex jones is not even their kid he's just another the abduct- first kid that they abducted and um, as was david dalmatian jim from and yeah, that that was the the point was it David yeah. Dalmatian was another kid they just kind of manipulated to do their the devil's work that they're yeah farming out and pushing out so so Alid just to re- recap here Alid Jones the guy yeah. from the Snowman <laughs> has been yeah. a victim of child abuse his whole life and has now been beaten essentially to de- almost to death yeah, by, by huge, huge Jackman, Jackman. Yeah. and yeah. is also a victim himself so he's 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 had a real tough time of it one of the things that bothered me in this was the fact that the forensics went through the the rv couldn't find a hair not a piece of wall no but we know that the girls were in there and they got transported to 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 the aunt's house there's quite a lot that doesn't add up and i think we're supposed to just go with it there's like i mean kind of annoyed jake gillenhall keeps getting himself into these impossible situations because he you know to carry the plot on he goes back to the house to tell her that alex is that he's found alex huge jackman oh have we said he got shot and then he's been made to drink this fucking black goo to make him go go to sleep and she shoved him under the goral and then loki comes to say we found alex and he then sees the necklace with the maze pattern on it in a photo that's right. From yeah. the pedo in Father yeah. Dunn's basement. And she realises her husband was the pedo or there was some kind of connection. She shoots him, I thought, in the head, but it's like a grazing it's a classic, bullet, isn't graze, it? yeah. It happens quite a lot. And he kills her and then he grabs the kid. I can't remember yeah, she was, she's injecting the, the child with something, whether it was just to keep her asleep or to actually kill her off. Yeah. Um, and then he has to drive. You get this really tense a drive to the hospital, to the ER, while he's... Well, it's more gone. than a graze. He's losing a load of blood. He he's is. got to drive, to, it, like, I know, an hour through heavy traffic, pissing rain yeah, he's to the a weaving in and out, and the camera's getting more and more out of focus, you know, because he can't see. And blah, blah, blah. he's like, oh, are they going to get so it? so tense. Everything's at stake at this point. We don't know if the kid's going to survive. We don't know if Hugh Jackman's going to survive. We don't know if... You know, Jake Gyllenhaal's going to stack it or whatever. You know, it's all it's quite it's quite tense. You wouldn't, you know, if the movie just killed everybody now, <laughs> you could see that happening. But, so, but it doesn't, and it gives you a huge newspaper exposition dump of, yeah. of an ending. Yeah, where every like every headline on the paper is about the story and tells you what's happened. Yeah. So, Alan Jones has gone back to the family after twenty six years of being away. Uh, huge Jackman is still missing. We're led to believe at this point that he's dead because he was bleeding out in a hole under the ground, mm. never to be found. And the um, kids are returned, but at what cost, given how traumatized the others were? She was just a bit quiet when she rocked up in the yeah. master room. Yeah. She'd probably seemed, be all right. Yeah, she seemed fine. Give her a couple of episodes <laughs> of Dive Club. She'll be back on it. Um, but yeah, it's pretty downbeat ending and Radiohead's Codex is playing which I like that song and it's uh, they're they're doing a big remain search back at the house Mm. and bigger than that 
Yeah. Jake General hears some whistling. Oh, yeah. after, after the generator's gone, everybody's Everyone's gone home. Everyone's fucked off the, the day. The, and the, you can the just ground's hear a noise. too hard to be And he's sort of looking dug. around and that ends. It does give you a sort of glimmer of, well, he's alive, but he's going to fucking prison. Yeah. yeah. That's your ending. But it, it, and it, it was the cuts. whistle that the kids went <clears throat> yeah. to go and find right at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. They just wanted to tie that up again. Yeah. <laughs> Remembered that bit. I, You know... This was a film, as I as I pointed out right at the top, that I wouldn't have watched because of the subject matter and the fact that I really don't like feeling like I'm biting my nails all the way through a film and I've just got that anxiety. But that's what this film kind of pulls you on. Mm. It's it's trying to make you feel uncomfortable. It's mm. trying to put say, well, what would you do in in that position as the parent? What would you do if you really believe somebody there has got an answer you need to get for your kids or, or whatever. And Hugh Jackman there is certainly giving some of the the reaction that you would feel you would want to give. But then you kind of see that other side of it because he didn't know all the facts. And there and was... You, people will just tell you what you want to hear when you're torturing them. You're not going to necessarily get facts or an actual answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the so to be completely honest with you, the way the film was going, I was a little bit uneasy, and we'd been to visit my son in the church at this churchyard in the morning, which didn't go brilliantly. So when we were watching this about kids, I had to check if the kids died or not. I needed to know. I couldn't otherwise I wouldn't be able to watch it all. So I was able to watch the rest of the film quite relieved, and so I did. I. I did quite, actually quite enjoy it. it. If it had gone differently, I probably wouldn't even carried on watching because it was fucking tense. But as it as it turned out, and it being more of a thriller than a like murder sort of fucking kid homicide thing, I actually was all right with it. I did yeah. quite enjoy it. A few plot holes for sure, but I was able to put that to one side and just sort of get on with it. I, I got and the performances were really good. Yeah, the performances are great. Hugh Jackman and yeah. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal are both great in this and i really like gyllenhaal's character he conveyed so much and then he was all this massive contradictions because he was at pains to be really professional a lot of the time and he was dedicated to his job but he didn't show any signs of being particularly burnt out by it he was just this weird guy who some of the news he's got to had to deliver Mm. you just think fucking hell that's that's absolute the bullshitest job in the world isn't Mm. it and you've got these parents and you know survival guys like hugh jackman who would rip your fucking head off if he thought he was going to get him any answers and he's saying no i've got to let him go and you know and to to put all that kind of professionalism across as he does, you know, it's it's a lead we're looking at, we're not ruling anything out, and all those kind of answers. Performances, nothing wrong with him whatsoever. And two-thirds of the film, I was hating it but enjoying it at, that, mm. at the same time. I, I really felt uncomfortable. I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I was really, you know, on edge with, with lots of it. But then the the plot holes or just maybe it moved too fast in certain parts or it, it didn't tie him up quite as neatly as it as it had done. And I thought it didn't really explore too much in the in the potential of, you know, the good versus evil and, and people mm. turning bad, good people going bad yeah. and, and, and that kind of subject matter. But, you know, it's it, it, 
it was a long movie actually what was it it was two and a, two and a half hours two, two and a half hours so they, they couldn't stretch it out much longer and it felt like that a little bit for me at the end that I did check the runtime a couple of times because I was a bit like yeah, yeah we've we've got another sort of we've only got half an hour to go here and they've got to get this this and this sorted out mm. <laughs> you know but it was entertaining it was it was a movie that I'm still thought about the next mm. day and and it does ask those questions however uncomfortable you know they are that you go well what the fuck would i do which side because the, mm. the two fathers have, yeah. have different kind of reactions to it yeah i think the story is a little bit more you know it's so relatable that fear that drives mm. it and we probably didn't play it up as much but it feels like the whole way through there's a ticking clock and the plot likes to remind you that yeah you know and the kids haven't been found and it's tense and all the way through Looks great. It's Roger Deakins yeah. did the uh, cinematography. Um, he was the guy who did 1917. All of the performances from the from the two guys and the supporting cast are great. Um, there's some dumb shit in it. Her whole reveal is kind of like silly Scooby Doo stuff, and you know, there's a load of plot contrivances and stuff. But the, what elevates it are the two great performances, and then the really good filmmaking. I have to say, where it's like they introduce stuff that always becomes relevant later. There's a good economy of storytelling there. If they show you something, it's for a reason. Mm. If they hint at something to play it off in a different way, that's also done for, you know, it's, it's, it's really confident, brave filmmaking. And they kind of dangle out this, who turns out to be the central villain in the story. And really by the laws of Hollywood filmmaking and all that stuff, you should guess it's her. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't. And it sounds like you guys didn't when no. watching the movie. No. It's like um, an episode of um, like law and order where they go to someone's house, you meet them once early on, you never see them again. And yeah. you always know if you think about the structure of how these work, it's always that person. But I'm great. at well, I, I was, can spot I was those usually, enough. but the, yeah, everything else is yeah. enough to take you away. Well, it, that, even to the point where, you know, after I th- knew that she'd done it, I was thinking, oh, she was getting him to write the name, wasn't she? And mm. making sure that he was writing the name she had given him mm. rather mm. than his. his real name, yeah. which would have busted as being one of the, the people that abducted him. Lee Daniels, who was the guy who did Monster's Ball, which was the one that you were talking about. Paul's brother. Yeah. <laughs> and Precious. So he did that movie as well. He was attached to this for a while. And I bring it up because he wanted Oprah Winfrey for the psycho role. Right. <laughs> which okay. would have been a, a different movie. But apparently when he told the producers he was trying to get her, he was fired because they were like, that's ridiculous. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Well, the budget for it was $46 million. Cheery little number like this. Do you reckon that made money? I think one of the trailers said opened at number one in the box office. So I'm assuming this made some bucks with those big guns in it as well i don't know because i never really heard anybody talk about it broke even it made 122 mil mm. which um i'm always surprised that things like this is successful because it's mm. so like grim you know but mm. it's a good thriller it's compelling yeah you yeah know? so you know there's lots of fans of those sort of things i, I guess so. I, I must admit yeah i missed the hype around this all, yeah i've never heard of it at all it, it come out but i like a thriller so do I. Yeah. I mean, this one is less like, sort of like kid murdering would be good. Yeah. Because yeah. this, this yeah. is, this is like really, really harrowing and then like really stupid sometimes at the same time. Yeah. It's only a sort of half happy ending as well. It's not a happy ending at all. It's so the kid, the kids are found. 
Yeah, but they're going to be traumatized. But they're not life. dead. And huge. Yeah. Their father is going to be incarcerated for the rest of his life, or at least going to have to live with what he did yeah. in that community. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very it, there's no no real happiness oh, in it. it oh. It's not much humour at all. You, no zero not, laughs. In not, this. not a lot of laughs. So if you're in the mood for that kind of bleak child abducting centric pedocentric yeah. film with it's, but it is good filmmaking it is good it filmmaking is with a good good acting things it's not my kind of movie i've seen it once i probably wouldn't ever see it again but that's not to say it's not a you know a strong film it's just not my kind of film mm-hmm. it's worth it for detective loki fucking yeah. stupid <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Yeah, we watched Inspector Gadget. But not the old one from our youth. Unfortunately. We watched Inspector Gadget 2.0. Yeah, that's what it was called. Oh, right. Episode 1, Season 1. But it was called, not the show as a whole, just this particular episode was called 2.0. Yeah. Okay. It was wank. Yeah. It, this is the 2015 sequel. It is a sequel, yeah. It's a direct sequel to the original. Which I liked. The sequel to the original Inspector Gadget, which was a 1983 classic cartoon that hmm. we all... How did you feel about the original? I didn't really get on with the original. No. no. I, I liked the original. Again, strong theme tune. I even watched on the, the strength of... Um, Inspector Not Gadget the cartoon. I watched the Matthew Nice, Broderick. I've seen that. Back in the day, it was wank. It was up there with 2.0, to be honest. Maybe they should have just left Inspector Gadget where it was, which was Saturday morning television or, you know, when I was about 11. It had, the, the animation style was very much reminded me of Paw Patrol. Yeah. Visually, the way it looked. And story writing was up there as well. Well... Yeah, I th- the animation really put me off. The, it, I have to say straight it was budget. away. And the original was so good. It was back it, in 1983. Yeah. If you look at it, it's not just rose tinted glasses. It was really good. No, really the nice animation. animation. It did put me off straight away. So visually, I'm off. This episode, yeah, I, I could see where they were going with it, trying to be a sequel. And you could, oh, okay, there was a bit of thought. But so what happens is that. The Claw, whatever his name is. Dr. Claw. It's Dr. Claw has, has been Claw, yeah. defeated. Yeah. But did that happen in the old series? Because I don't remember I don't a, a resolution. So what's happened here is that... He's gone Captain America, hasn't he? He's been yeah, he's frozen. in the ice. And Inspector Gadget is now retired playing golf. Yeah. He's so, still got the sort of I like... Loved, I, I must admit, that was my favourite bit. I loved that bit. Seeing Inspector Gadget playing no, golf, it's being retired with the the golf. It, it's actually talking about it sounds a lot better than it is. So if you think this sounds good, it's not. It is wank. But Inspector the Claw, Doctor Claw has resurfaced out of the ice. There's some minion in the in the darkness helping him, and then you've got Inspector Gadget in the full golf clobber mm-hmm. as well, and and playing. Um, playing around with his different bats and he's comically big hammer thing to hit the the ball and and whatnot meanwhile at hq penny from the original series is now a few years older so i didn't i didn't even remember my boy walked by and i said oh watch this like he goes he watched about two or three minutes and he said were they in the original the the girl and the and the dog dog? yeah and i said no 
But um, yeah, she's but the main. Yeah, yeah. And then idea. it was because the animation was just so different. It didn't seem the same girl. Well, but always, really, it's always been Penny and Brain's story. But uh, yeah. Gadget is just the bumbling Clouseau-esque uh, idiot with lots of horrific implications it, when you start it, pulling it, him it apart. It's been a long, long time since I've, I've really even settled down to watch any Gadget. Yeah, so Claw is refrozen. Meanwhile, she is unfrozen, not refrozen. Defrosted. No. Defrosted. That's mm. a good one, yeah. Which it's, causes it's, him to be pulled out of retirement and you get Quimby because it's got all the original characters in it and he comes out of the uh, golf hole to give him his briefing. And yeah, he'd always pop the... out of the most strange spots. And Penny has got the hots for Talon, a new... Yes, coincidentally, a new person mm. whose silhouette is very similar to the... Guy that Doctor Claw was talking to on the screen. Did you spot that? I thought it was maybe too subtle. Maybe. (laughs) You saying it was this? Oh, possibly. You guys. So there's some stuff where he infiltrates the HQ, doesn't he? And he's pretending to be a a new recruit for the team, which I never got the name of. And it's not clear who, because Inspector Gadget implies that he works for the police, but this is much more like a... Yeah, they're CIA or or MI6 or or something like that. And uh, I worry about the vetting because they've obviously, (laughs) you know, had some interviews or they've been able to find this new recruit from somewhere. And... You know, one as you say, the the silhouette just kind yeah. of condemned him into well, being. Well, but Penny's one hoodwinked of, because she, because he's so blinded, dashing. Yeah, she she's blinded she by love. She's, yeah. She's yeah. This was a, a completely unneeded element to the story, which resurfaces three or four times in the episode. Yeah, this they, whole attraction thing between them, which is weird, and just, they even have these little kind of breakout moments of cartoons where there's just their eyes are replaced by hearts looking at each other or anime um, style or something yeah i did actually quite like the design of that bit but um she she's had her sort of paper and pen from the original thing upgraded into like a holographic wristwatch thing yeah. and brain he's just kind of surly all the time yeah he seems to hate gadget mm. Yeah, well, he, as soon as he heard Gadget's coming back, he was packing his suitcase, wasn't he? And off. He would do. The guy's a fucking prick, Gadget. Yeah, he is. and has terrible golf etiquette. Yeah. Go on. But he just oh, plays, he plays through, doesn't he? He plays through those two old boys that are just having a nice, quiet round of golf, and he plays through, and then he gets a mallet out, and that's just not, that's not regulation. I'm pretty no. sure he had more than 14 clubs, if that's the case. He's just a real prick. And whilst, he's black, though. Well, whilst I hate snobby golf course shikes i do play golf i draw the line that uh, you know a huge huge mallet on the green that's just not that's not right that isn't right no no so he's a prick on and off the job he gets upgraded mm. doesn't he to fight dr claw and they give him a new uniform and that yeah kind of basically the old so, uniform. so this was on was it netflix mm. not and, originally well it, it, not it's originally. hosted currently on netflix but hopefully they'll boot it soon but it was originally a canadian thing mm. but the, about 11 minutes long there was two episodes here yeah. though wasn't there did you watch both of them i did yeah yeah i, I, I got through halfway through the second one we were only we only charged to watch one so i i did one and a half because i wanted this to be good you know i I was a gadget fan. I I liked, as I say, the cartoon as a kid. It just didn't hold it though, and it's it was the animation more than anything. I think for me, it was just. I always really... found the gadget thing like it. 
he's so bombastic and everything's so over the top, but it's just relentlessly like that, you know, all the yeah, time. And it's just like wears yeah. thin after two minutes, you're like, fuck off. And this, there was no change here. It was exactly the same. It looked really budget. Straight away when watching it, I was thinking, I bet there's loads of toys. But I don't think this lasted very long. I don't I think maybe just the one season. I don't know. Um, I think 26 four, episodes I think. were made. It played from January to September with 26 episodes and that was it. The, yeah, the CGI is hideous and the character looks awful. He's like an uncanny valley version mm. of Inspector Gadget. But it did remind me at least of the things that were good about the original the Inspector original. Gadget the bumbling idiot you got the poor dog like the dressing up in drag like that, you know I mean, he could never pull the right one out of the bag uh, when he wanted to but it was maybe it was just more funny when I was Wait, do you remember when he would like go younger. to like a different country like Spain or something it would still play the gadget music but be like a flamenco (laughs) it reminded me of when we had a fancy dress do and I've mentioned this before this is the best thing about it yeah our friend of the pod Norm had an Inspector Gadget outfit and it's still to this day the best fancy dress outfit anyone's ever had but hopefully there is still somewhere some photographic evidence of it which we'll try and put on I think I've got a photo of that somewhere Uh, fucking brilliant Far better than watching this. A significant portion of his head is used to store helicopter blades. Yeah. Isn't it? Which, so I think, I mean, is he now, he must be basically an AI. Yeah. Pretty much. So, you know. Yeah. And I think Walt Disney, do they own this? I think it no, might be No, it's all the... Canadian. It was a three... three I don't know if they've got the Canadian rights, guys. though. I, and it, it's that kind of thing that... Are well, you thinking of making an offer for him? AI, you know, maybe the character in this, because I don't know, there's something in it. You know, that's why it disappointed me, I think, because I, I just thought this could be a really good cartoon. It could be something really clever. And Oh, I wasn't. liked Gadget because I liked Penny and brain and i hated gadget in a way because he was always bumbling into success and i fucking hate those people who just shamble around through life and yeah, suddenly kind of success <laughs> just falls on them me. and he would like just yeah, go and me. fucking any, it's just go and abandon <laughs> people it's like his daughter or whatever she was niece or something yeah, it's like it's 10 it. or 12 years he just like abandoned her at a moment's notice to go and do something and she was those. always the one solving the crime you're and one of those people that, that works hard and then gets things, though. No, you just, yeah. yeah. But I did appreciate it was introduced as a sequel, not a, a reboot. I do really wonder, like, whether Claw was born with his arm like that or, like, did he have a claw for a yeah, hand? Or he had kind of like a was pink mitten well he was missing he's got the whole thing was they needed to find his claw like it gave him it gave him powers or something so he was having all these novelty other claws yeah but was his is that a birth like difference or was like was he born with like just a missing or is is something happened that was the origin of his clawness yeah well his rage and yeah did gadget do it he's a doctor you know who dr maybe he went to the evil doctor medical school with dr evil i don't know and then the really big questions like did he did how did he get to be like this in the first place like did he volunteer to be this yeah, it's is like it some program who gadget um, or claw are you talking about gadget 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 i always figured he was in an accident and they try to put like robocop together. yeah something like that yeah. yeah but then why did they put all this stuff inside of such a bumbling idiot <laughs> I think it. The, I think it doesn't. <laughs> it quite, doesn't yeah. bear any scrutiny at all when no. you start thinking about it. I would not recommend this. No, 
No, I, I wouldn't either. Which is a shame. I think Gadget will come back stronger. No, he won't. Day. No, he won't. I think it's. I think his dance is done. I, I would recommend two early Gadget episodes in the original run in Gadget's replacement and Busy Signal. Those are both episodes where Gadget perves on someone using his <laughs> um, like long neck and, and binocular like eyes or something. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> That's worth watching, probably. (laughs) We still have a shameful number of giveaway codes for Cruella. I mean, if you've listened to the pod this far, we'll just tell you it's 75. Although go and listen to, you know, the answer is 75. Just text us 75. You could get a, it's not that bad. Free movie. Free movie. Cruella's decent. Haven't we got another movie to speak about? We will do, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. We have some nominations from Pete, who, all things being equal, is going to be here next week oh, with that's cheese. Nice, isn't it? Pete's given us a themed week. Oh, don't next tell me week. he's thought about it. He does put a lot of thought into these, yeah. to, to his credit. So the midweeker is going to be from dusk till dawn, mm-hmm. which is good because shocker, I've never seen it. Ooh. What? Yeah. Oh, do you know anything about it? Yeah, almost all of it. Top five is vampires. Top five movie vampires or vampire films, etc. Main film is Let the Right One In, mm. which is a remake of the Swedish one, isn't it? Are we watching the original or the remake? Which is this another horror? 2008's Let the Right One In. Is this right. going to be a, like double bubble then? So I've, I've shipped myself all this week yeah, and now so. I've got to go and well, do it again next week. Pete hates them just as much as you, so you can have to take it up with him. Uh, it's got kids you've probably seen it yeah a couple of times and the kids thing is Count Ducula so that fits in quite nicely with all that that's exciting we've got because he's a vampire as well yeah it's been a really cool week because we had to speak to our very good friend of the pod James Ward Burkett about the really exciting Shatterbelt project which we're Fucking really thrilled. He's and such a cool backers guy. of that, if you don't mind. So that's cool. We're really looking forward to seeing some of that in the hopefully not too distant future. Mm. But for now, all that remains is to say Sidey signing out. Reeks out. Dan's gone. <laughs>